0: Church, it gave you no power to overcome the sin nature that is within each and every one of us that we were born with called original sin, a bentness towards the things that are opposite of God and towards ourselves. God then began to give them a way so that they could have atonement with the Lord. The word atonement means at one mint with God, atonement. And so he instituted the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was a great, and it was a wonderful place, amen? There was an outer court, it was fenced in to say, called the, there was a gate there, but it was fenced in per se as we would call it. It was like a wall to where you couldn't totally see inside of it, and there was different colors, there was different things that represented many things. But church, once you got inside the door, there was a brazen altar there. And the brazen altar was like a big fire and it had the gratings on it, amen? And it was huge and it was about five feet actually in length in the size of a big square, almost like a rectangle. And actually every sacrifice that they would bring, they would bring these sacrifices and they would have to slaughter these animals, these innocent animals and they would have to actually skin them, and then they would actually have to put them on the altar to be a sacrifice for mankind. The blood would run all about this brazen altar. It would actually run off the sides. And church, I want to tell you, we hear these things and we know these things, but I can imagine how putrid the smell, just the stench, of that place must have been and church i want to tell you it wasn't just one person that was in line but i want to tell you that the lines were long amen every time someone committed a sin they had to bring that offering sometimes for themselves sometimes to represent the entirety of their family there was a whole burnt offering there was a sin offering there was a peace offering there was a meat or a food offering There was different offerings that they would have to bring and depending on how much money they had, how much status they had, they would have to bring a bullock or a lamb or a goat. They would have to bring some innocent animal and they would stand in line with that innocent animal. Church, how many of us Can we say this morning, how embarrassed would we be if we were at the temple and we were just probably holding that little rope with that goat, that lamb, that pigeon, and we were standing in line and we were looking. Well, there's so-and-so I know, and there's so-and-so I know. Then they're right behind me, they're right behind me, and they're right behind me. But the lines were long to get into that temple. And they would have to go up there before the priest, and they would have to lay their hand upon that innocent animal. Because they had transgressed the law. Once again, the law had told them this is right and this is wrong. So whenever they were transgressing the law, which it was just a matter of time before they would sin, before they would transgress again, then they were out of fellowship with the Lord. There had to be atonement. There had to be atonement with the Lord again so that forgiveness could be given. There had to be something that would cover up their sin in the sight of the Lord. And there was nothing that God said can cover up the sin but the blood. And they would have to touch that innocent lamb, that innocent animal, whatever it would be. In essence, transferring their sins that they had committed, that the law had said they had committed. They would have to transfer those sins to that innocent animal. And then the priest would give them the knife and they would have to cut the throat of that innocent animal. And the priest would catch the blood with that basin. And he would have to sprinkle that blood on the brazen altar. And also it would be bought inside the temple We would also have to sprinkle that blood. We'll look at in just a second on behalf of the people so that atonement could be made with the Lord. It was a gruesome place. It was a gruesome scene. It was an embarrassing place. But it was something that had to transpire so that relationship could be restored with the Lord church they waited in lines for a very long time for this to happen because I want to tell you something there was something that they were trying to reach and God said this is the only way that you're going to reach what they were trying to reach was mercy we hear these terms grace and mercy all the time Grace is often defined as getting what you don't deserve, as mercy is often defined as not getting what you do deserve. The Bible tells us that right inside the tabernacle of old, that whenever you would go into that place past the brazen labor where the priest would have to wash their hands and their feet also there was a bunch of broken mirrors in that water so that it was represents the washing of the word amen and they would have to wash their hands and their feet before they could go into the inner sanctuary of the tabernacle but they would have to wash that and those mirrors were a reflection of them upon themselves and up in their sins amen and how the word had washed them and cleansed them and made them clean to enter into the presence of the lord But as they would go inside of the tabernacle, to their left was the golden lampstand, also called the menorah. And it would light up the inside of the tabernacle of old in the wilderness. It was a seven-candle lampstand, three on one side and one in the middle. And there was oil that flowed unto this, amen, that they always had to keep the oil flowing so that the light would be inside of that darkness, amen? It represented the light of God that is fueled by the power and the flowing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, amen? And it would light up the inside of that place, and it says that the place was made out of acacia wood, but the acacia wood, even though it was rightly fitly framed together, was overlaid with gold, amen? And so whenever the light would light up the inside of that place, it would represent gold in all its glory and all its splendor, but also we know that gold lasts for forever amen it was saying that the house of god is glorious is full of splendor amen but it is also everlasting hallelujah immediately to their right was called the table of showbread and this small table would have 12 loaves of bread amen always fresh always put in there every couple of days and it was actually for the priests representing the 12 tribes of israel And God's covenant with His people. And immediately in front of them was a large curtain, was a large veil, amen, that went up to a great height. But the Bible tells us that in front of that was the table of incense, amen, where they would burn incense unto the Lord. They would burn different types of scents in that place, and it all represented our prayers going up to the lord church did you know that when you pray into the lord when you have that type of communication when you have that type of relationship the bible tells us it's a sweet savior unto the lord he breathes it in amen and it represented our prayers going right hallelujah unto the lord there was always light there was always sustenance and there was always our prayers, our relationship going straight up unto the Lord, in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a beautiful portrait. Behind the curtain was what was called the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, in the very center, was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I want to tell you, if you've been watching Indiana Jones and not reading your Bible... I don't know exactly what was in there, but it probably wasn't some spirits that are going to run out and melt you and all this stuff like they did on Indiana Jones. There was three things that the Bible tells us that was specifically in the Ark of the Covenant for a token, a reminder to bring to memorial a remembrance of the Lord. The first thing we know that was in there was the bread, the manna pot. Amen. We know that when the children went out into the wilderness, they were in a place to where they had to depend on the Lord for everything that they got. They had to depend on the Lord of where to go, where to stop, where to set up camp, where is their next water source, where God is leading them, what God is telling them, who's their spokesperson. They had to rely upon Him for all those things. But we all know that there's nothing to eat in the wilderness. So God caused manna, bread that would literally fall down from the heavens. Remember, Jesus Christ would say, I am the bread of life. But the manna would fall before each morning, and they would have to get up early. Don't miss this. And they would have to go out there, and they would have to gather their sustenance, their provision for that day. Because once the sun came out, and it began to wax hot, it would actually melt that manna, that bread. By the way, the word manna means, what is it? <laughs> you didn't know that little tidbit there for you? When it fell, they didn't know what it was. It was bread from heaven. So they said, it's manna, which basically means in their language, what is it? Amen? Anyway, you learned something today, didn't you? Hope you all get a lot more out of this sermon than what is it? Amen. But they would have to get up early and they would have to go and they would have to gather their sustenance, their provision for that day. If they would try and get too much, if they were trying to work, work, work and get too much so that they wouldn't have to get up early and go out the next morning, it says that the Lord would cause worms to get into the manna and that they could not eat it. So every day early, the Bible says, David would say in the Psalms, I think it's 63 and 1, He says, God is my God, and he says, early will I seek you. Early will I get up, and I will seek your face for what I need today, the provision for today, the relationship I have for today. Remember what I prayed earlier when we started service church? I said, today, amen, today. But they would go, and they would gather that provision, and God would feed them So he commanded them to take some of that manna and to put it into a small pot so that they would remember the provision of the Lord in the wilderness, a desolate, lonely place where they had to depend upon God for all. Also, what was in the Ark of the Covenant was also the rod of Aaron. So if you remember, there were some men, as always, amen, There's always men that want to rise up that God hasn't necessarily called for that particular office that think they know everything and think they should be in charge. Anybody in the house, can I get an amen? You had not experienced that yet? Maybe getting some management in your job, at church, at work. I don't care where it is. I promise you it's going to happen. You always have men that think they should be in charge and they know better. And you know what? Maybe they do, but when God calls them to the office... Then we'll follow them. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, I know some I know some great people. they're smart, they're talented, they're all that stuff. Church God sets up governments and sets up kingdoms. And when God promotes that person, we'll get behind them. Amen? Amen. But there were some men. I say men and women, I'm talking about here, by the name of Korah, and if you remember the story, they started to murmur. Why should we have to listen to Moses? Why should we have to listen to Aaron? Why should we have to listen to these people? We know just as much as they do. Why should we have to follow them? And so the Lord said, take all their staffs that represent each of the tribes of Israel, and I'm going to put them in a place tonight. And whoever's staff that I touch... You're going to know who I have chosen to lead you. And we know that it was the rod of Aaron, Moses' his brother, the high priest from the Levitical line, amen? The first that we see there in that line. It was, it was Aaron's rod that budded, it actually chose Aaron is going to be the one, amen? So we see right here, not only God's provision represented by the manna, but we see God's government represented by the rod that budded. And the third piece that was in the Ark of the Covenant was the stone tablets that had the Ten Commandments written on them in stone. Now, it's actually stated by some scholars that these stone tablets were written from some of the writings of Josephus which was simply a Jewish historian that actually these stones the way that they were written upon it said that you would have to almost have like a modern day laser to write upon these stones because it was so clean it would have taken so much heat for someone to actually write upon these stones like they did it wasn't chipped away this first time amen and how many of us know that God's fingertip amen is like a laser hallelujah Well, mm. that's wonderful to think about now Moses had to go chip them away the second time because he got mad and he broke them I'll get under that later on amen, if you don't know the story they created a golden calf and he got mad and he come down there and he threw the two stone tablets at it that God had given him and he broke them and he had to go back the second time He had to chip them away himself. Amen. But God's laws were written on stone. But above the Ark of the Covenant was two angels. And it says these angels, I don't know how they were, but they were on the top of the Ark of the Covenant, and they would have their wings out before them. And their wings, one to the other, would actually touch each other and would meet. And, be, and immediately below the angels on the top of the Ark of the Covenant was called the Mercy Seat. The Mercy Seat. This was where the very presence of God came down. It says it was a pillar of fire by night. It was a cloud by the day. But it says that His presence actually dwelled on top of the Mercy Seat. But we see on the inside of the Ark of the Covenant, we see God's provision, we see God's law, and then we also, we see God's provision, we see God's law, and then we see God's government. But church, I want to tell you, mankind rejected all three of those. We rejected all three of those by transgressing His laws in our hearts. How do we receive mercy from the Lord. When Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 11 it says, And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And verse 14 says this, And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. So we see Aaron on behalf of himself representing the people here and also what they should do. But Aaron would have to bring into God's order because Aaron had transgressed the law, because his family had transgressed the law. God has specific Ways so that Aaron could now have atonement for his sins. You see, what Aaron was really seeking, what Aaron was really needing in his life wasn't just atonement, but he needed the very path, the very way, so that he could receive atonement for the Lord. And we know that the way, the path that Aaron had to receive atonement was through the administration of mercy from God in his life. There had to be something that Aaron followed because he had sinned, because he had transgressed God's law, so that he would not receive the wrath of God, but instead he would receive God's mercy. Church, I want to tell you this today. Even as you got up this morning, even as you come into the house of the Lord, you can do nothing without grace functioning and flowing in your life. I don't care what kind of mountain, what kind of obstacle, what kind of relationship barrier, what kind of financial thing you're going through. You can never, never, never overcome it unless you have God's grace not getting what you don't deserve. Amen. God's grace administered into your life. The only way you can overcome all those things is through God's grace given unto you. And the only way you're ever going to receive God's grace is through His mercy. But What we see right here is there was a way, there was an order, there was a method, for lack of better terms, to receive God's mercy. You see, Aaron had to get to the mercy seat. You and I have to get to the mercy seat. But the only way we're going to truly receive mercy and not wrath from the Lord is through the blood. Y'all still with me? Come on, this is important stuff this morning. Even if you heard it before. Come on, we forget this so quickly. So quickly. You can walk out of this service and you can fill up your be- belly with whatever you're going to go eat after service. And I guarantee you, 80% of what was spoken today, you don't forgot it. Don't forget this. You have to to receive grace to conquer all. And the only way you're going to get grace is through mercy. And the only way you're going to get mercy is through the blood. Hallelujah. It's through the blood. Hallelujah. It's through the blood. Turn them in your Bibles now to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. The book of Hebrews chapter 9. I got to hurry. Hebrews chapter 9 in verse 19. Hebrews 9 and 19. These verses began to speak about the types and the shadows of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant that God had with His people. And now the New Testament, the New Covenant. Church, you know, another word, an easier word for us to understand the word covenant. How we interpret that today, it's a contract. Amen. It's a new contract, it's a new testament, it's a new covenant, and agreement with the Lord. If you do these things, if you believe these things, if you give these things your heart, amen, if you do these things, I will have an agreement, I will have a testament, I will have a contract with you. Remember what he was said at the Last Supper, this is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is spilled out for you. In my blood is the new testament is the new covenant but the bible would tell us this about the shadow of things the doing of things they would have to do physically literally in the old testament and now in the new testament we have more grace amen where it actually comes from the heart hallelujah but the bible tells us this in verse 19 of chapter 9 in the book of hebrews for when moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law. He took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all of the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place with hands, which are the figures of the true, but instead into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. For us, church. Not yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible tells us here, what it's trying to speak to us is this, whenever Christ died, he became the sin offering. He was not sin, but he became sin for you and I. You see, throughout all time, every time man transgressed, every time you have messed up, every time you have sinned, every time you have done wrong, you were then Guilty of sin. Therefore, there were repercussions for sin. There was a distance from God. There was a separation. There needed, there had to be atonement. There had to be grace. And grace was only going to come through mercy. And mercy was only going to come through the blood. But the Old Testament sacrifices, all they did was cover up the sin. All that blood did was cover up the sin. It never took it away but then god himself took the form of man he came down to this life he lived this life perfect he was holy he never sinned he never transgressed he never broke the law not one time he was perfect and he was holy therefore he became that spotless lamb he became that bullock he became that goat he became that pigeon he became that sacrifice So therefore, as you and I have sinned, all of our sins that we committed, all the wrongdoing, all of our transgression of God's law that told us we were wrong but never gave us any power to overcome it, Now all of our sins has actually transferred over to Christ. And when Christ was crucified up on the cross, His blood was shed for you and I. So what it's telling us is this, that Christ didn't have to walk into that tabernacle and put His blood upon the mercy seat. He did it in a much higher place. He did it up in the heavens, amen. He did it in the highest place. So He walked into the highest place and He put His blood on the the mercy seat. You see, you have transgressed the law. you transgressed God's government. You have transgressed God's provision. But I want to tell you something. Even though we've done wrong and all those things are stored in that, there's something that is above, hallelujah, your transgression. And it is the mercy seat of God. And because Christ has put His blood on the mercy seat, you and I can now have mercy and forgiveness. Hallelujah, church. Hallelujah. it's available to you. Brother Joy, you don't know what I'm struggling with in this relationship, in this finance, in this church, in myself. You don't know how I'm always trying to get pulled back into the world, you don't know how hard it's been. You don't know what they've done it to me. Church, I may not know all those things, but I can tell you, you need God's grace. Amen. And the only way you're going to get grace is first through mercy. And the only way you're going to get mercy is you have to go back to the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You have to put your faith and your trust in God alone, not in your own strength, not in your friends, not in your relationships, not in your own power, but in the blood of Christ. It's only going to come through the blood. Every time you approach a situation, you should run to the blood. Brother Joey, I'm not worthy to go into the presence of God. Yes, you are. If you're His, you're worthy. In fact, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. Turn there with me real quick. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, seeing then, verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 4, seeing then that we have a great high priest, that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Church, you should be holding fast your profession, your relationship. The world or anybody else should never tell you any differently. It'd be like someone walking up to you and saying, that's not your son, that's not your daughter. You would say, you have no idea what you're talking about. I birthed that child. I raised that child. I love that child. That child is a part of me. You can never, ever tell me that is not my son. That is not my daughter. You don't know what you're talking about. You are a liar. We should have the same thing with the Lord. Well, Brother Joey, I don't really know if you're saved. You don't know what you're talking about. I know I gave my heart to the Lord. And if the whole earth burns up around me, so be it. I'm His. And I can feel Him inside of me. And I know He's there. I know He's real. I can feel His Holy Spirit pulsing inside of me, beating my heart. That's the relationship I have with my God. That's the profession that I hold to. Hallelujah. I hold that verse 15 says this for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted just like as we are yet without sin church did you know that the god you serve became the creation of We could never say to the Lord, you don't know how I feel. You don't know how it hurts. You don't know the desires I have. He knows. He knows because he became us and he was tempted in all ways just like we are. That's the loving God that we serve. So now he can even minister to us far more than he would ever be able to minister to us because he was also one of us. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. We can go to Him who understands every temptation. No matter what it is, no matter how hard it is, we can go to Him. And lastly, it tells us right here, let us, therefore, which means because of our profession, because He has been touched by our infirmities because He understands, let us, because of these things, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. Woo, give him some praise this morning. Brother Joey, that's awfully simplistic. Good. We need to go back to the basics sometimes, don't we? In church, you don't get no more basic than the blood. Than the blood. It's by the blood of Christ, hallelujah, that I was saved. It's by His precious blood that I have future. It's by His precious blood that I have blessings. It's by His precious blood, hallelujah, that I have an anointing. Whatever that may be, amen. It's by His blood. And I now can receive mercy. In fact, when I go through the blood, God has a desire to give me mercy. Look over here in chapter 8. In verse 12. Look at what he says. No, you know what? Go back to verse 10. In chapter 8. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, and I will write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least unto the greatest. And look at verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins, and their iniquities will I remember no more. Church, he has a desire to be merciful unto us when we choose to go His way which is through the blood and lastly turn with me real fast to the next chapter chapter 10 in verse 16 says almost the same thing here talking about a desire to give mercy 10 and 16 in Hebrews this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Church, Christ has already died once and for all for mankind. You don't have to be crucified on the cross physically. You have to die to self so that you can live unto God, amen? But still the path, the way to get to God's grace is through mercy and the way to get mercy is through the blood. Church, let's not forget that this morning, amen? Amen, would you stand with us please? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back for a few moments. Church, I hope you got something out of this today, amen? Also, don't forget, no church tonight because it's 4th Sunday, so there'll be no service tonight. We don't have church service on 4th Sunday nights if you're visiting with us. By the way, if you are visiting with us, glad to have you here today, man. Amen. 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 Church, I want to tell y'all, maybe you've strayed from the blood. It's very easy for us to depend on other things other than the Lord. In fact, it's a go-to for us. Maybe not so much in our deeds, but a lot of times even in our thoughts, we begin to take the Lord for granted, and we begin to function in our own power, our own thoughts, our own intellect, our own deeds, our own power. But when we do that, we turn away from the right and correct path as we've seen in the Old Testament. God laid it out specifically of how you would reach atonement. It hasn't changed of how we still reach atonement. It's still through the provision of the blood. But I want to tell you the difference in the new covenant now is that the blood of Christ doesn't just cover your sin, but it casts it as far as the east is from the west. That whenever we repent and ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and 9. That's where we are now in the New Covenant but it's still an approach by faith in the atoning work of Christ and His blood that was shed for us. Church, as a church this morning, I'm going to ask you to join me at this altar. Let's come back to the blood of Christ. Let's come back to that right and proper foundation that God has laid out in His Word. As a body, as a people, let's approach Him with love and respect and fear and trembling, but also a boldness that I can come into His presence because I know I am His. And let's put our faith and trust back on the blood of Christ that we may receive His mercy and His grace. Amen? Come on, would you join me this morning at this altar? Come on, would you join me just for a time of prayer as they begin to worship? Let's just enter into His presence today as a church, as a body. Let's just seek His face. We all have individual needs, all individual desires, all individual hurts, all individual wants. But church, we serve a big God today. We serve a great God today that understands all our infirmities. He understands all of our needs. Come on, join us at the altar today if you would. I promise I won't touch you. I won't do anything you don't want. Amen? Would you join us today? And let's just begin to seek his face as they begin to worship. Come on, you and the Lord today. You and the Lord.
1: Jesus, I surrender.
0: Do you love Him today? The Bible tells us to touch and taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, have you tasted today and known that He is good? Amen? Oh, let's give Him some praise today, my Lord.